Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Scott Luton and special guest Astrid Obert here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Astrid, how are you doing today? Good. I'm really excited about this. Thank you for this invitation. I'm ready for do this. <laughs> we have a big conversation today, right? Yes. Yes, we have. We have an amazing guest, so I'm uh, very excited about this. Oh, wonderful. If you can't tell, Astrid and I both are excited about uh, a wonderful repeat guest, an extraordinary repeat guest we're having back with us here at Supply Chain Now, back, as we like to say, by popular demand. So we have Gladys Arojo with Mattel, who's going to be joining us momentarily. Now, uh, Astrid, as you know, we're going to be diving into nearshoring trends, career advice, uh, some of the things that are going on in Ukraine, but but uh, some of the good things to help folks in that region. Um, and Astrid, what it means to be a supply chain gladiator. So it should be an uh, intriguing conversation. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to getting that defined, aren't you, Astrid? Yes, it is. Yes, uh, really excited about this talk with Gladys. So I'm more than ready for learn and to know about her. Astrid, you know, it remind when I hear the term gladiator, I, I think of like a, 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 an armor, armor you got to have on to do to supply chain in 2023. But we're going to find out from Gladys. And folks, we want to hear from you as well. So we already got a couple of folks. Hey, I, I got to go ahead and pull in one Astrid because this is my mom. This is Leah Luton. I know she's got a lunch with some friends coming up. So she popped in early. She says, hey, Astrid, nice to meet you. Hey, Scott. Uh, so Astrid, it's good to have your mom, our mom with us here, huh? Yes, yes. Hello, mom. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and Nuria, hello to you from Bristol. I, I bet that's Bristol. Uh, I guess Bristol, North Carolina, maybe. But Nuria, great to have you via LinkedIn. Uh, confirm that. We love, we love connecting dots where our listeners and viewers are tuned in from. But, uh, and so we want to hear from y'all. Y'all keep it coming. Astrid, really quick before we get uh, Gladys in here. And we all experience the Gladys factor because it's coming. And, and I tell you, you're going to leave here in an hour and you're going to have, you're going to look so much differently at the rest of your day. You're going to have a spring in your step, I promise. But before we get there, Astrid, I want to give a shout out to all of our friends at Vector Global Logistics, mm -hmm. uh, doing great work across the globe. In particular, love the work you are doing with uh, Logistics with Purpose podcast, uh, Supply Chain Now in Espanol podcast programming. Mm -hmm. You and Sophia and many others do great work there. And Astrid, I know you and I both want to invite folks to be part of this Leveraging Logistics for Ukraine initiative. This has been going on for over a year, uh, led, really created and led by the Vector Global Logistics team. Um, Astrid Christie and Maureen and Enrique and an ecosystem, a community y'all built. Uh, and if I've got the numbers right, Astrid, at least the last numbers I had, uh, over the last year, over 600,000 pounds of humanitarian aid have made it across the Atlantic to families in need in Ukraine, Poland, and elsewhere. Is that right? 
Astrid. Yes, you're right. Totally right. Uh, I'm a witness that this effort uh, make a positive impact to, to the people who are living in this horrible situation that the world. Uh, so I encourage to all the members to join us in this uh, levering logistic every, every month and to, to make a, a positive impact for them. Yes, Astrid, that's right. It's just that simple. And so when Astrid's talking about each month, these are planning sessions that drives everything. Mm -hmm. The next one's May 9th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. We've dropped the link in the chat. And folks, you don't have to commit to giving anything to show up at these. You don't even have to say anything. You can yeah. show up and just observe and learn. And I'm telling you, you'll leave those meetings with a much better and informed um, appreciation of what's going on, the tragedy, the need, and you'll be informed on how you can help. And we're going to touch on that later in today's conversation. Um, Astrid, delighted to have you here. Um, so you. we've had, let's see, OLK, Larry Klein is with us here today. It's going great, Larry. Uh, and let us know where you are today. So Astrid, um, have you, have you ever been to, uh, South Georgia here in the States? No, not yet. Okay. I need to go soon. Hopefully we'll have you down there soon. So Larry typically dials in from, um, uh, what is the town down? Larry, you're gonna have to refresh my memory. The town down in South Georgia. Always mispronounce it. But uh, anyway, great to have you back and let us know where you're tuned in from. And of course, Clay Phillips, the diesel is back with us. Welcome all. Excited to reminisce on childhood toys. We might just do that, uh, D. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but Astrid, I am ready. I bet you are. We've, yes, I am. <laughs> you ready to bring Gladys in? Yes, of course. Let's do it. Well, all right. So Larry got back to us. Uh, Albany. Albany, I think is how I pronounce it. Larry, uh, uh, check me there. Albany, Georgia, down real south Georgia, just above the Florida border. There's some great manufacturing um, uh, plants and people uh, down in that part of where it's, it's gorgeous, too. So, Larry, hope you're well. All right. So, as promised, Astrid, we have a big, big guest here today, a repeat guest, one of our faves. I'm so glad we had to go through her rock and roll agent to get her booked. Uh, but so glad I'm going to welcome in Gladys Arojo. Global Supply Chain Strategy Vice President with Mattel. Gladys, Hello. <laughs> it is so good to see you. We've enjoyed the pre-show conversations. It was I was delighted to meet you through our dear mutual friend, um, Allison uh, Krejci Giddens, a year and some change ago. Allison's a Dynamo too, but Gladys, so great to have you here today. It's my pleasure to be here again in Supply Chains Now. I'm so excited for that conversation. Well, Astrid, we got so much to, to uh, tackle with Gladys today. But, hey, we're going to have a little fun first, right? Okay. And so for Gladys and Astrid and, and Jessica, who's tuned in from Akron, Ohio, Larry, you down in Albany, Clay, we're going to talk dessert first. We're going to have a fun little warm-up question. We're going to make <laughs> folks hungry. So, um, Astrid and Gladys, um, it is today – it's National Peach Cobbler Day here in the U.S. Oh. And I got to tell you, I love this stuff, but I got to have it with vanilla ice cream or you can yeah, have it back. And I only eat it with ice cream. So with that as a backdrop, and Gladys, I'll start with you here. What is your favorite dessert? Uh, chocolate cake. Okay. Chocolate cake. Uh, and do you have to eat yours with ice cream? I would love to with vanilla ice cream would be lovely. And of course, with a diet Coke, you know, yes. to balance the calories, to balance the calories. <laughs> that's the right, Gladys. I love how you think. Um, Astrid, uh, that's going to be tough to top. 
Um, what's your one of your favorite desserts? Oh, uh, the same that Gladys chocolate in all formats, bringing dessert, buy everything but chocolate. So sign. So y'all like this. So I'm a big dark chocolate fan. I love dark chocolate. Astrid, mm -hmm. is that a winner in your book? Yes. Yes, it is. Dark and Gladys, are you a dark chocolate you, fan? As you well? used to be my favorite dark chocolate. Now I switch uh, to to milk chocolate. Okay. All right. Um, well, now that y'all really made me hungry, let's do this a little more. So Amanda says, and yes, yeah, she's great at making a delicious peach cobbler. She uses mm -hmm. her mom, Val. Mom's man, wow. name is Val. Famous recipe. And yes, I'm, you know, Amanda, don't make any tonight. We've already cheated. I've been cheating on my diet all week. We can't make any. Uh, <laughs> Larry says red velvet cake and black coffee. Huh? Mm -hmm. uh, hey, Josh Goody's with us from the West Coast up in beautiful Seattle. Josh, hope you're well. He says Dutch oven. German chocolate cobbler mm. with cherries. Oh man. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So as promised, we made everybody hungry. Um, Astrid and Gladys. Um, so Astrid, as we dive into, as we switch from all these desserts that we can't have too often to uh, kind of the, uh, some of the key topics we're going to be walking through with Gladys and everyone, where are we starting uh, with Gladys today, Astrid? Uh, how about if I ask uh, Gladys, what are you doing in Mattel? Tell us about what you do. I am having a lot of fun. <laughs> no, just uh, uh, to give you a little bit of background for the audience, uh, Mattel is number one toy company in the world. We have over 400 amazing brands, and our iconic brands is Barbie, Hot Wheels, American Girl, Future Price, and we are so excited because you have to put it in your calendar, July 21st. Okay. It's coming our first movie of Barbie with Margot Robbie and Ryan Jocelyn. Yes. Then it's a lot of excitement, exciting going on in the company. And I, I know in the world about this. And also a little bit of background of our industry. Um, our industry is highly regulated because our customers are the most vulnerable that you can have that is a baby and a children. Mm. And you have like 10 industries in one because you have to think about toys. The basic is chemical industry because we have resins and pigments transformation, but we have electrical industry, electronics, including in internet of things, artificial intelligence, the fashion. Barbie is all about fashion, sewing, uh, food, because we have many things that are uh, moldable for the kids. Uh, cosmetics, even furniture for babies and automotive. Then what is happening in our industry is besides having our toy industry requirements, we have in top all different industry requirements, could be UL, FDA, and so on. And even we share same of the suppliers that in, in this industry, many of our people listening today are also facing uh, challenges with many mm. of them as well. And what I do here, I have been having fun for over 25 years. Um, in I would say end-to-end -end supply chain, it's like being in four or five different companies, working in different uh, parts of the world, enjoying working with multicultural teams. If I can put it in four buckets, will be logistics and planning, sourcing and supplier development, manufacturing engineering, and very heavily in quality and compliance. Mm. And of course, along those lines is also about uh, opening new markets in terms of contract manufacturing in India, Brazil, nowadays in Mexico and South America, integrating new business when we acquire new, new companies, 
or opening new manufacturing facilities or turn around facilities whenever it's necessary. Then I'm having a lot of fun working uh, globally with many different initiatives nowadays in terms of a strategy is all about digital transformation, I think, as everyone else in, in the audience, and also about nurturing initiatives. But we can say at bottom line is developing a, a resilient and a supply chain with a lot of agility. Mm. That's a little what? bit about me. <laughs> wow. Gladys, man. So Astrid, did you hear there, the Gladys factor has gone global, right? I know. Uh, and clearly she doesn't get any sleep at night. Did you hear everything that she's got that she's driving and, and working and, and leading at Mattel? <laughs> I want to go back to, to one point though, Astrid and Gladys, uh, because as let's see here, um, as Catherine points out, she's really excited for that movie. First ever. If I heard that right, July 21st, is that right? Gladys? Correct. All theaters globally. Okay. I know. I love, love the it. marketing campaign that you make with the filters in Instagram with the Barbie. Ah, background. yeah. So it's an amazing campaign. Congratulations. Yeah, that has been a viral. Everyone wants to have their background, and everyone is putting their Barbie background, and so yeah. on. It has been a, an amazing uh, uh, process. Well, yes. so clearly uh, the Barbie is one of those iconic toys that has uh, impacted so many folks. Kind of what Clay was saying earlier. So I'm going to call Clay out. So Clay, if there are any Mattel toys in particular that really you remember from your childhood or any of our uh, listeners, y'all drop them in the chat. We'd love to share those with Gladys and Astrid. Okay. So with that, as we get, we've done some great level setting. We've made everybody hungry and we filled everybody in with all the cool things that Gladys is up to. <laughs> um so I'm going to share a couple of comments and then we're going to drive into talking about supply chain gladiators. So, but I got to share some of these great comments here. Um, Jessica's a big fan. Those peaches we talked about. She likes pumpkin pie. Now, I used to love pumpkin pie as a kid. Not so much anymore, but Jessica, maybe I'm making it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Larry says, excellent peach cobbler needs no ice cream. Okay. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Donna, peach cobbler is great but give me a blackberry cobbler with vanilla ice cream. Man, sounds delicious. And Nuria, uh, Sasher cake. I might be saying that wrong. Let us know what's in that. That's a new one for me, Nuria. Thank you for, for sharing and making us hungry. Um, okay, so Gladys, so much to get to you with you and Astrid and so little time. Uh, Astrid and I both want to kind of pick your brain. Um, I love the supply chain gladiator, global supply chain gladiator, that uh, that message and that um, um, kind of the, the the image that it, it paints in your mind. What you know? What do you uh, think makes up a global supply chain gladiator, Gladys? Yes. In book a time that we are living today, high volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, I feel like everyone in supply chain, we are a gladiator. But let's talk a little bit about what a gladiator means in, in my context. If you have ever watched a, a movie of a gladiator or a TV series, what you see is they have a lot of challenges. Um, they have psychological challenge. They have physical challenge. They are facing a different opponents. They never know what is going to be coming. Uh, there is a lot of uncertainty and a certain degree lack of control. What is going to be coming out? They have limited resources and they are under high pressure to perform for the audience mainly. And they, they 
play hard in terms on, on favorable conditions that they are dealing with. And, and also uh, they need to have a lot of preparation, not only physical, also mentally, and they, they need to be very skilled and a strategy mindset. They need to be uh, a good on different types of weapons. I feel like it's like in our supply chain environment, it's our toolkit, then I have my toolkit. I don't know what is gonna be happening, but I'm gonna be thinking fast strategy and I'm gonna be picking and choosing what is appropriate in that moment for, for fighting back. And, um, and, and also uh, gladiators, uh, sometimes or many times they play, uh, 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 they, they fight for their life as a team and they call familia. Then the familia is they help each other and support each other in the arena. And it's where I feel more connected because I think in terms of leadership, the way I identify myself is I always use this acronym, acronym that is CSR, that you need to be in the arena with your people, supporting them, not sitting in the office or somewhere else, yep. really understanding what are the challenges that they are facing, helping with the strategy, helping to provide the right tools that they may need to be using, thinking ahead. Then what I meant with the CSR is uh, number one is truly connecting with your people in terms of your mind and your heart, yep. listening to them, communicating what is uh, what we are looking for, that's the C. As uh, it's about supporting them, whatever they need, we as a leader, we need to serve them because if they are successful, we are successful, our business is successful, and right. the environment is an environment of of trust and empathy. That is uh, the new leadership that we need to play in a book of time. And R is for me the recognition. Uh, and I, I put high value on the moral recognition. It, it doesn't need to be like monetary or fancy, just a photo, a, a, a recognition, a pitch or something, or a, a hamburger with the team together. But if you have one goal at a time, you will be um, uh, reaching each goal and recognizing at every step of the process. Then you create an environment that is easy to succeed and face the challenges that nowadays is everywhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So uh, if you're keeping track at home, this, this can, CSR, connecting, supporting, and recognizing. Man, that, those are great um, uh, words and a mantra to live by. But Astrid. Now, Gladys shared a lot of there. A lot of it resonated with me. Um, you know, she talked about the high pressure that our global supply chain workforce is under. And we got to recognize that as leaders because there's lots of burnout, right? We got we got to find ways of make making the jobs easier and letting our people who want to be successful, enabling and empowering them to be successful. That's also part of our leadership responsibility. But Astrid, what's one one thing that 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 uh that made up uh Gladys's gladiator definition that really resonated with you? Well. A lot of things, uh, every, everything that you already shared with us make me a lot of sense. But uh, first of all, would be the, the agility to adapt to the changes, uh, to have a very good and clear communication with the team, yep. clients, and also uh, suppliers maybe. And also the, to have a very clear objective to make a, a correct strategy to follow up. And of course, the final, the cherry of the of the pie yes. will be the recognition that everyone needs the recognition to make uh, and improve a better work. Astrid, yes, and I love how you finished there because, uh, as Gladys mentioned, 
It could be as simple as grabbing a hamburger and sitting down with your people and really, you know, celebrating and getting to know them and spending them some time with them, right? Now, there's got to be bacon on that hamburger, though, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, bacon <laughs> and cheese. Um, all right. So what a great start already, Gladys. I'm telling you all, the Gladys factor is alive and well. Let me share mm-hmm. a couple comments here. And, uh, man, everybody's reminiscing. Larry and Clay's talking about Hot Wheels. And uh, Donna's talking about, hey, she's in her 60s, but she's still got to have her Barbies. Uh, Jessica says her boys love the Hot Wheels, but she's got fond memories of Mr. Potato Head. Clay talks about Uno. My kids love, they play Uno like every day. Um, And then Nuria, you know, asking you shall receive. She's talking about, we talked about Sasher cake. Uh, That's Nuria says, dense chocolate cake with a thin layer of apricot jam in between. Two halves coated in dark chocolate icing on top and sides. Wow. Okay. Uh, toys and desserts and supply chain leadership. You can't go wrong with those things. <laughs> um, so let's keep moving forward. Um, so Gladys uh, and folks, if you don't follow uh, Gladys and Astor for that matter, but uh, Gladys loves, she's, she's, you should have heard her travels as we were getting on the pre-show. She's going a lot of places, leading, engaging, you name it. And she's a great person to connect with and follow on social. We'll have to make that easy for folks. But Gladys, I saw one of your recent LinkedIn posts. You talked about this wow moment that you had while you were speaking at a conference in Amsterdam. So tell us what that wow moment was related to leadership skills required to navigating these VUCA times, huh? Yeah, the VUCA time. Yeah, the topic was about um, how to leverage inflation and uh, this challenging time, as you say, the VUCA time. And what I was sharing to the audience, uh, there are many uh, business models out there from different well-known companies about how to build a resilient and agility in your supply chain. And I, what I see and what I read, and I think everyone in this room is, is uh, taking those actions like having a stock inventory, uh, developing alternative routes, uh, having a, a alternative warehouses and alternative suppliers and and so on and facing now um the inflation the scarcity of resources the high cost of many of our raw materials for very long and of course other collateral issues like the war and also uh, political situations around the globe uh, covid or many other type of of viruses happening then i see that everything is like adding cost and, and then uh, we cannot, uh, as uh, suppliers of the world, for a saying, continue increasing our work because of our products. It's going to be a point that no one will buy your products because it's insane. Then we need to find ways to leverage that cost in a way that we continue uh, succeeding in, uh, in the market. Then what I was telling them in those uh, business models, there are two elements that I think can help us balance uh, this out. One is about uh, localization and nearshoring, and the second one is about uh, collaboration. And that's where I'm going to be focusing right now. Later, we can talk about nearshoring. Then I was talking to them, and, and I will tell you why it was a well moment in a minute is that uh, in terms of cost, it's not more about the unit cost anymore. It's about the total cost optimization. But I will be adding collaborative total cost optimization. 
And the way I see it is the way we can overcome many of these challenges because this includes also our responsibility for sustainability and also our responsibility for ASG. That uh, many people, oh, it's also adding more costs, more constraints, and more challenges. Then some of the examples that we were discussing, and that's when uh, the wow moment it was happening, it was uh, like an open discussion with the audience about how uh, we can, uh, and how many of these companies, uh, uh, they are worldwide companies uh, such as Mattel, they have been using collaboration as a key strength. And the way I see it, the new rule of the game in supply chain is collaboration. Collaboration, mm. of course, internally needs to be happening. If you're still working in a silo, you must need to fix it. If you don't know how to fix it, just call me. And then you need to go beyond the full ecosystem, your logistics, your competition, associations, cluster, the government. Sometimes, uh, let's say you are looking for a sustainable material, but no one will produce or, or make a plan just for you. Then maybe you need to partner with your competition or with other in the automotive industry. And then you will have the volume to have that sustainable material at, at a cost-effective uh, price for, for the manufacturing and the consumers. And also uh, we were exploring kind of brainstorming all the different factors beyond the unit price that is in the end-to-end value network logistics, uh, packaging that we need to take a look. But what I, I was telling them, what I see the most of the success in my experience through the years, even before the book a time, is truly make a collaborative event. Then could be some companies call it Kaizen, some companies call it workshops, or right. you name it. But uh, when I was uh, always having a challenge, let's say uh, we really need to demean, uh, to reduce the footprints of packaging. Many of the consumer goods have a lot of packaging. Then is the cost in the product is not sustainable. Right. And, and also uh, the logistics is going up because you have more weight or more space. Then how to optimize that? I, I don't care. They are competition. All the suppliers on packaging, all in the same room. Let's figure out what is our 80-20. What are the products that we are selling the most? And they are having the high impact in terms of uh, uh, weight of packaging. And let's right. figure out how we're going to be redesigning, maintaining the quality and the safety of the product. And let's move on. Putting in the room the full logistic team from end to end and figuring out what are our gaps, what are our opportunities, what are our moves, including internal uh, scope three in terms of sustainability, and maybe using recyclable packaging, maybe I'm, I'm asking too many deliveries instead of one delivery a month right. and it's feasible and it's possible. How can we reduce the number of screws that we are using? Can we standardize the, the, the screws instead of having 10 different screws for a toy? Can we have only one or two and so on? Then once you start in that mood, also inviting the supplier to be bringing innovations. Because to be a part of it. Our, yeah, mm -hmm. our success, their success is our success and vice versa. Then we have the 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 ultimate goal together of make the business a success in terms of uh, uh, cost and also compliance and sustainability. Then we just need to work together. And I don't see uh, it's it's happening as we speak, but we need to do it more than right. ever. 
a, a, a that level of collaboration among oh, sharing best practice, sharing opportunities, purchasing consortiums, maybe when I'm strong in my, in my buying power, uh, 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 someone else is weak, and then we leverage the volume, and then we move on. Then right. get together with the cluster, get together with the associations, get together with the government, how they can be supportive. Then our role in a way, Scott, is changing as a supply chain. It's not uh, transactional or operational. It has to be more strategic and, and, and also more collaborative. Then that's what we were talking about. But what's the wow moment is because I don't know if you have watched the Squid Game Netflix series from Korea. Have you yes. seen that? Yes. Yeah, and, yes. and just for the audience, it's a kind of a weird series, but it's very popular because you have always games that you are between the life and death. Then we were watching um, the, uh, the game of uh, Talk of Rope. Yes. Uh, then uh, you have like a uh, a precipice, an infinite precipice. And then we were uh, uh, laughing in terms of making the analogies. Okay, what is the other team representing in, in, in the book at time? What is, uh, you, you remember the, the old guy and how everyone needs to be aligned and precise. And if they didn't trust each other in, in, in the game, uh, it, it, they will Doesn't be work. I, they, it didn't mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Then uh, it was that level of trust, right. and then that we need to move this way. We need to move this way, and and then even the I feel like the energy of 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 they were like uh, putting a lot of uh, emotion when yes. they were uh, pulling the talk. Like even that rate of emotion is creating that cadence that you need for things to make it happen. Then when uh, we were uh, looking at that, um, I think two minutes episode, then the brainstorming uh, on, on things that they were doing, things right. that we can do more, it was flourishing. And then I think we need more of that happening today to succeed. Agreed. Uh, all right. So you shared a lot there. I, uh, I would yeah. love to dive into, I counted about 17 things I want to speak to what you shared, Gladys. <laughs> Uh, we we'll have to bring. We're gonna we're gonna have a, a Gladys Factor series is what we're gonna build here. Um, Astrid, <laughs> I'm gonna get you one of your favorite things and maybe maybe one of your favorite leadership skills. But before I do, um, one of Gladys's earlier points there, she was talking about a Kaizen event or um, you know Kaizen Blitz is what we've called those before. And I think what's helpful for folks, I want to really play up one of the things that Gladys said there is it's not a meeting, right? It's not a meeting. There's lots of communication, but there's there's a lot of focus, right, on a singular problem. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of communication around defining root cause, right? There's a lot of uh, discussion around the solutions that might can work. That they come to cons- they come to one that they're gonna do, and they do it, right? You do it, right? And 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 the action there is the focus and the action there are really important to a kaizen, a kaizen blitz, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a great call out, Gladys Astrid. <clears throat> when we think about these, these times we're all fighting through together. Uh, what's one important element to successful leadership skills in your opinion? Well, first of all, Gladys, that's why you are a leader. You get it. <laughs> you, you know that you need to trust uh, in your team and in your collaborates. And for me, is the highlight was that we need to, to collaborate together uh, to encourage the business to, to improve. So for me, one of the skills is the it will be the, the trust. 
Yes. That would be one of the highlights to trust to, to to the others and to have this open mind to get uh, different ideas and then we can make a good conclusion. Astrid, that's a great call out because you might mm-hmm. when you when you when folks hear trust and being open minded, they may not think of skills, but those are skills you've got to develop, right? Because exactly. sometimes you don't naturally, you know, some folks don't naturally trust. Some folks don't naturally have an open mind, and you got to work those leadership muscles to to get to where you can leverage those as as um, accelerants to doing doing big things. The other thing, Gladys, as you were kind of walking through your response there, that came to my mind. Remember back in the eighties, uh, there was a, a brand of um, plastic bags that made these iconic blue and uh, let's see here, blue and yellow make green. Mm. It was like a, 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 these commercials, right? Yes. And Gladys, as you're talking about bringing suppliers in, which is really important, we're seeing more and more of that in the last decade or so, and breaking down those boor- uh, uh, barriers. Sometimes the only way you can make yellow. Or, or sorry, make green is by bringing blue and yellow together. You know, so if you don't bring suppliers in, you're leaving out uh, a certain portion of possible solutions and gains for everybody. So Gladys, love, man, we could make a whole uh, series on that last response. I think Astrid and Gladys. I'll share a couple of comments here. Yeah. So uh, when we're going back to uh, going back to um, the gladiator um, uh, discussion there. It, uh, let's see here. My mouse to work. So, hey, sometimes technology just fails. us. My mouse just disappeared. I was telling you all about that in the pre-show, right? <laughs> um, let's see. Islam says, as he as Gladys was defining gladiators, he goes, I would call them sales managers victims rather than gladiators, right? Because gladiators <laughs> haven't responded to a lot of that. I love that, Islam. Uh, and Larry, I'm going to share. I'm going to read his since I don't want to cover up uh, Gladys visually. Larry says, good talent needs to feel supported by management, right? You heard that from Gladys and Astrid earlier. If not, Larry says, your gladiators will desert you. Loyalty goes both ways. Top talent won't stay in a situation based on loyalty that common sense would tell them to leave. Larry says, my last center has seen key leaders depart to include himself to this reality, this, this lack of loyalty. Um, that's a, you know, there's so many layers of the onion here, but you know, that loyalty does go both ways, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe Gladys and Astrid. Um, all right. So let's get back to the next topic for Gladys. So Gladys, you already kind of gave us a um, a sneak peek there. You mentioned nearshoring. There's a lot of, um, you know, for, for a couple of years now, I mean, really all this is cyclical in many ways, but there's a lot of nearshoring initiatives going on. What's a couple elements, Gladys, when it comes to some of what we're seeing from a nearshoring perspective that you want to call out and share with our listeners and viewers? Yeah, yeah. As I was mentioning before, uh, localization and nearshoring is one of the key strategies to develop resilience. And I will go in a minute more deeper. Uh, but I want just to make a parenthesis. Uh, when we talk about, uh, we have three elements, onshore, offshore, and nearshoring. And now with Biden, they call French shoring. Uh, and if we use uh, U.S. as our base, uh, will be onshore is bringing business back to to America to U.S. Offshore maybe is manufacturing in Vietnam, India, or far away. And nearshore is manufacturing close to your uh, main market. In this case, could be Canada, could be Mexico, could be South America, as close as possible. And that's what we meant when we said uh, nearshoring. 
And uh, I think it was uh, Q4 of last year when the Biden administration was uh, putting into the news that now we have this French shortage means, okay, we are looking for near shortage, but with France, because all the political uh, uh, issues, uh, they are friends of, of America. Then this is just kind of a background for the audience. And, and, and what I see that is happening, and uh, there are um, really uh, exciting moments that I think there are plenty of opportunities for the audience here. What is happening is uh, globally, uh, U.S. is by far the largest uh, consumer, the highest GDP, and so on. Then everyone in every part of the world is selling something to U.S. And also we know that because the war, the energy, the main power, and some constraints with China, then people is looking for nearshoring. And in terms of nearshoring, uh, number one and, and number two is uh, Vietnam and Mexico, who, yep. who, which are the two countries that are uh, uh, flourishing right now. And since I'm Mexican, I can give a little bit of more of background of what I have been seeing and what are the opportunities for the people that is sure. here in the audience. Um, what has been happening is uh, companies from U.S. are moving to Mexico because mainly because the main power availability in Mexico, 70% of our population is between 18 years old and 45 years old. Then there is a, a big uh, workforce here. Uh, companies from uh, Europe are moving also to Mexico to be closer to to United States, and also because they have some constraints in terms of energy or or gas or even manpower as well. Right. And 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 also there is a, a big trend in which American corporations are also asking some of their partners in Asia to move closer because the issues that we were facing during the COVID and the disruptions that we were having. We were having interruptions of our supplies, and many of our Chinese, uh, Korean, uh, Japanese are, are moving in Mexico and high interest also from Southeast Asia. Then what it has been happening uh, since a year ago, every single week, there are two openings or expansions. And in, in specifically, I will talk about Nuevo León, that is the state that is neighbor to Texas. And uh, I will say that 50% of the increase of uh, the French direct investment and the exports from Mexico are coming from Nuevo León. Mm -hmm. What is the beauty of Nuevo León is they have a highly qualified main power because we have four of the main universities in Mexico and South America, and then we have over 100,000 engineers. We have very good vocational and technical schools then the manpower is here and the spirit of the people is just uh, very hardworking and entrepreneurship. Then what I'm seeing, including Mattel, our largest mega site is here in Nuevo León. Same for Hershey, same for Lego, same for Hisense, uh, the Korean uh, home appliance company, and mm. you name it, even Qantas. And I think everyone knows what is going on nowadays. The largest uh, manufacturing site from Tesla is gonna be located here in Nuevo León. And then what is going to be happening is we are going to be having over 2,500 tier one, tier two, and tier three coming. It's going to be like a, um, a, um, a city of uh, a environment or an ecosystem that goes beyond of manufacturing. You need to have restaurants. You need to have hospitals. You need to have schools. You need to have uh, hotels. A holistic uh, approach. Yeah, yeah, a holistic approach. Then what, I, what I'm inviting to the audience is thinking about this because this also carry on challenges. 
for example, uh, now that I'm working uh, as many others in contract manufacturing that is uh, external manufacturing of your finished goods, many of these companies are looking uh, either partnership with someone here and grow or looking for contract manufacturing or they are opening their operations. And there are many uh, mechanisms in place to make it easier for the people with uh, partners to make it faster. You just get the kits of your new plan by September with no liability and you have your operation ready. Right. Uh, but, but what I was going to say is um, uh, to be truly 100% beneficial because we just, we everyone knows here with USMCA, it, it has been very successful. Our free trade uh, agreement among Canada, US and Mexico is the largest by far in the world. Uh, Europe is, EU is $20 trillion, in our case, USMCA is $24, $25 trillion. Then, and it has been established and flourished and, 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 and growing through the years. Right. Then, uh, but uh, what is happening, where I see the opportunities for entrepreneurs that are here, for people who already have a business, is, and, and that's the challenge that uh, including uh, companies like us we are, are having, Let's say uh, we are either putting our uh, manufacturing site in Mexico or we are uh, uh, having a tier party manufacturer, a contract manufacturing. But then many of us, we have a very long list of, of raw materials uh, or tooling that we need to manufacture those goods. Then if we don't have the full change integrated or localized, then we still have the same type of constraint. Meaning if I'm still bringing, let's say 50% of my raw material from China or from India or, or you name it, then I'm still having the lead times and potentially the localization in full will not work. Right. Then uh, I invite you, um, we have very well organized in Mexico in terms of clusters by industries. Uh, mm -hmm. where uh, very easily you can get like the connection of the whole country, just getting into the heads of those clusters. Those clusters have perfectly identified the gap of what are the raw materials that we are lacking because they work in collaboration with all these industries. And it's where you have the opportunities, working with the Secretary of Economy or working with the cluster to see if your current business can fit now and, and flourish here to support this big ecosystem and or you may want to open something that is missing here. And I, I was mainly talking about raw materials, but you name it, logistics service, transportation service, warehouse, 4PL, et cetera. And we are just neighbors, you know? Right. Then I think this is a, a brilliant opportunity. I will say one in a history time that we have been seeing, okay. maybe from since the recession, that I think at least will be lasting 10 years, five to 10 years, then we need to take advantage of that. Once in a lifetime opportunity, yeah. folks, there's lots and there's lots of opportunity across the board for many, as Gladys is pointing out. Um, so, so Astrid, uh, I want to shift gears here. So Gladys, so much to talk about, so little time. Um, I want to switch gears for the sake of time and, and go back to Ukraine. And I want to kind of, I want to start actually with Astrid as we make this pivot, because I want to, want to bring up this opportunity again and Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to keep shouting this from the mountaintops. There's so much need that uh, folks in need, and we'd love to have you join us. But this, this, as we pivot over to Ukraine, Astrid, this leveraging logistics for Ukraine, what has been your favorite part of working 
uh, uh, on this humanitarian initiative? Well, for me, it was a very uh, simple uh, campaign that we we sent letters to the Ukrainian people uh, made it by by kids. So personally, personally, I encouraged to the school of my kids. So they draw a lot of letters and we sent to the to the people in Ukraine. So yeah. it was a simple action that it makes a positive impact for them. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to do a big thing. You can do small things that it really makes uh, a positive Huge impact difference. for them. Yes. Huge difference. And it goes back to Gladys's CSR that are, you know, recognizing try and, uh, and, and the S supporting and uh, Astrid, you, you make a great point and Gladys, uh, you may be familiar with this, but they, they uh, encourage folks across uh, the world really to draw letters and pictures for school children in Ukraine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Folks are in, in these combat zones and they're experiencing just uh, something that most of us thankfully have never been a part of. Right. And, and mm -hmm. just brightening their day with just some, uh, some, some messages of, of, of hope and support and inspiration okay. and such a great job there uh, with what y'all are doing in a community of folks that want to help and find a way to help. And folks, we did drop, uh, if you want to be a part of that, we dropped the link there in the chat. Um, Gladys, I know you've been a part of, of efforts uh, that, that also mm -hmm. support those in need. Ukraine, of course, the people of Poland have been amazing, welcoming and finding a way for yes. all these refugees, these families, the displaced people as a result of, of uh, the Russian aggression. It's just, it's just heartbreaking. So Gladys, what, tell us some things you've been a part of there uh, yes. to support yes. Ukraine. Yes, uh, I think I would like to bring to the attention of the audience in case they want to make a difference as a leader. Uh, there are two uh, in main initiatives that I can share about it. The first one that I get involved and I invite the people to get involved and we will provide the links as appropriate. You know, when the uh, conflict started, uh, all the women and the children needed to go out of the country. Mm -hmm and they lost their jobs. Then uh, we have very talented women professionals everywhere in the world that they are looking for uh, remote opportunities or face-to-face -face opportunities in terms of work. Then in European Women's Board that I'm an active member, uh, we have a mentorship program in which we are supporting them in terms of maybe up upgrading their LinkedIn profile, their CV, making sure that they have the right connections and, 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 and helping them to navigate through this difficult time. Just sometimes just to hear uh, some someone that is truly listening to you with your car, it makes a significant difference. But of course, the ultimate goal is that you help them out to navigate until they find their 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 way of living in the new place wherever they are. And the other um, group um, that was recently launched and it's a platform that is open even for companies. Uh, it's a partnership. I'm also um, uh, an advisor of the advisory board of Leaning Organization that is founded by Cheryl Sandberg, who used to be former CEO of Meta. And uh, uh, we support women uh, uh, to, to reach their aspirations in terms of uh, professional and personal development. Then in partnership with McKenzie, there is a platform where we are uh, linking um, uh, women with employers to have a, a, a new life uh, going on. Mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the uh, initiatives to support women. And then the second initiative that is going on that just a couple of weeks ago, 
I was very fortunate to meet uh, Oleg and Elvira. You can see the post in LinkedIn, or I can send also the link. The link. Um, they they are part of a consulting firm that they are focused on international trade and development that is called DAI, and they are partnered with USAID, the Economic Resilience Activity uh, mm -hmm. for the War. And then uh, if we put it in a simple way, if you see Ukraine, let's say half of the country is in the conflict and fighting every single day, and the other half of the country is still uh, uh, producing and manufacturing goods for the war. Mm. And, and many of the locations that were lost in half of the, of the country, they already successfully, with the support of these uh, agencies, relocated. Uh, they provide also support in terms of uh, consulting and, and um, uh, make them more profitable. And then they have opportunities for experience supply change uh, in the audience that they want to be an advisors of these SMEs in, in Ukraine, they can join the program. And secondly, uh, what is very interesting for us in supply chains that where it's gonna be where I'm gonna be where I am right now very active right. is what is happening is when the conflict started, I think everyone knows uh, what type of materials I'm talking about, that we were sourcing only from Russia and Ukraine. Then when the conflict started happening, we lost those uh, alternatives. Then now they are back, let's say, kind of in production, and they and, and they have been uh, very successful so far. But they are looking for um, a rebuild, let's say, the supply chains in terms of uh, potential buyers, and also they are looking for a, a sourcing raw materials because some of their original sources disappear for a say. Then there is an opportunity in terms of uh, mentorship or consultancy, uh, 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 supporting the SMEs, but also in terms of trading of uh, finished goods as well as raw materials. And that way we can support the economy to continue operating in Ukraine. Mm. So no shortage of ways to jump in. Yeah. We lost you, Scott. I can hear you. Okay. Yes. Now we are back. We're back? <laughs> okay. All right. My apologies. Uh, I was just adding, uh, there's so many different ways that folks can jump in and support folks in need across Ukraine, across the region, really, and so many different layers and, 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 and types of needs. So uh, we'll try to, um, of course, we want y'all to connect with Gladys. She can shed light on a lot of things she just mentioned there. Of course, we also want to invite y'all to be a part of of uh, the humanitarian aid leveraging logistics for Ukraine. The link there is in the chat. Uh, do something. Do something is our challenge uh, on behalf of Gladys and Astrid, all of our listeners. Just do something. Um, yeah. Okay. I hate, uh, we're kind of coming down home stretch here. I want to uh, get your, uh, Gladys, um, um, you're a fountain of knowledge, a fountain of knowledge. <laughs> I love it. I told y'all, I told everybody on the front end, the Gladys factor is alive and well. Um, for, for perhaps some of our student listeners or folks that um, are maybe earlier in their careers and they want to be into the executive suite like you, Gladys, be you know senior executive supply chain leaders across industry, what's, uh, what's two or three tips that you'd offer up to them, Gladys? Yeah, I think somehow we have been talking about them along the, uh, the program. First of all, uh, you should be a people leader. Whatever transformation 
whatever challenge that you have, if you are not a people leader following the CSR uh, information that I shared, like connecting with the people, creating an environment of trust, supporting them along the way, and recognizing things won't happen. If you hear many of the conference or podcasts, everyone said you can have the best technology, the best state-of-the-art procedures, but people don't accept, they will not follow. And the main challenge I always hear everywhere where I go is change management. But I think it's so easy. It's just connect with your people, support your people, recognize your people, be a people, a people leader, a people uh, that uh, you serve your, your team. If they succeed, you succeed, and the organization will succeed. Hmm. That's number one. Uh, number two, um, as, as uh, we have been um, uh, uh, saying today, we are in a book of time. The book of time will continue for, there is no estimation, maybe the next 20 years, 30 years, it's going to stay here. Then since it's the modus operandi, you need to be a gladiator. We already talked about when it's a gladiator. You need to be working in collaboration, and that's the only way to succeed in personal or professional life then continue practicing that. And lastly, but not So Gladys, okay. okay. Yeah, hey, it's Murphy's Law is with us here today. Yeah. You know, it's a global conversation and it keeps trying to disconnect us. It's not going to happen, Murphy. It's not going to happen. <laughs> no, 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 because it was the preparation for my last statement, the, like the wow moment of the yeah. of today. Like Trump. You need to embrace a lifelong learning mentality. For me, lifelong learning, as you know, uh, we need to have a new series of skills, automation, technology is advancing so fast. You need to upskilling, reskilling. We are expecting to have at least six different careers. You, you, you don't know how many times I have been reinventing myself up to now, and I will continue. That curiosity, cultivate curiosity in a way that you are really eager to learn and this is the only way you will continue improving yourself and your operations, because if not, you are going to be getting behind. Oh, man. Gladys, yeah. I am Wrong. so glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, Astrid, I'm with you. I'm so glad yeah. we saved that to the last part, because beyond the truth in all three of those things, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's never too late. It's, there's an optimistic message, a practical optimistic message there. Uh, Astrid, out of those three things that, that Gladys shared, what was your favorite? Collaboration, of course. Collaboration is the key to have a, a good optimization in everywhere. Love that. And I would just add, I love that one, of course, um, the lifelong learner thing, because that means so many different things in so many different ways. And part of that meaning that I heard uh, there, at least what it means to me, is that beyond personally learning, it's also not sitting on your laurels as an organization, right? I think that's human nature. That's it. It's been working. It's been working forever, for years. Let's not change it. And that's a dangerous way of thinking. We, and unfortunately, we saw that uh, come to fruition and bite us in many ways these last few years. Um, yeah. Okay. Folks, man, I told y'all, let's see here. Larry added a few, set the example. You are more likely to be followed by your actions instead of your words. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. And going along the third lines of what Gladys said of being a lifelong learner, Larry says, don't be scared of new technology and mm -hmm. listen to your workforce. I love that, Larry. 
All right, we're getting all kinds of good stuff here. So Gladys um, and Astrid, I'm going to ask, ask y'all both, as actually. Um, Gladys, if folks want to connect with you and learn more about anything you touched on here or, or any of the different ways you're serving and leading industry, how can folks connect with you, Gladys? Yeah, the faster and easiest way will be through LinkedIn. Uh, you just, I always answer any any LinkedIn uh, request. Then everything that you hear here today that you want to collaborate, know more about it, you are looking for an advice, please don't hesitate and just send me a message. And also many of the initiatives that I have been sharing here, you can find them, very detailed information in my, in my LinkedIn, in my post. And then we continue the conversation. We need to work together. We need to support each other and, and be optimistic. I like right. that from Scott. That's my learning from you. <laughs> We're glad. Hey, hey, I owe you. I owe you about 5,000 Eureka moments because that's what you've brought us here. So, um, but uh, always a pleasure. We're going to have you back. And by the way, Nuria, you've got a great question there. I'm going to encourage you to reach out to Gladys and hopefully y'all can get um, a cup of coffee and exchange thoughts there. I appreciate that, Nuria. Sure. Astrid, all the cool stuff y'all got going on at Vector and, and the podcast. Uh, and, and most importantly, a lot of the, uh, nonprofit purposeful work y'all do big fan I admire y'all um, mm -hmm. I've shared that with our listeners time and time again Astrid how can folks connect with y'all also by LinkedIn is the fastest way and I'm really active so just send me a message and I'll be I'll be there for sure it's just that easy <laughs> and as I as we shared earlier not only do we share Gladys's direct uh, LinkedIn, y'all one click away from connecting with Gladys. You're also one click away from connecting with Astrid and the team there. So y'all check that out. Um, man, it what a uh, energizing last hour. I want to thank both of you, Gladys Arejo uh, uh, with Mattel. Gladys, thank you so much. The Gladys Factor was alive and well. <laughs> you brought it by the truckload. Uh, Gladys, we're going to do this again soon. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much for the invitation. I enjoy our conversation as always with you, Scott and Astrid. Thank well, you, Gladys. And safe travels uh, in your future Thank travels. You. I know you've been very busy in that regard. Look forward to some pictures there. And Astrid, uh, thank you for your time here today. Had a blast. Uh, safe travels to you as, as, as you're, uh, you're in a beautiful city right this minute. But Astrid Obert with Vector Global Logistics, thank you for joining me here and being my co-host. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this invitation. I really enjoyed to be here. Awesome. 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 All right, folks. Man, uh, if that doesn't inspire, if that doesn't give you ideas, if that doesn't get some thoughts going and your juices going, you better check your pulse. So check with your doctor. But hey, whatever you do, though, it's about acting on some of the stuff you heard here. Acting, even the smallest actions, the smallest step will move you forward, especially when you put you know a small step a day and you, you bring them all together. That's how we, collectively we move mountains. So Scott Luton challenging all of y'all. Deeds, not words. Take action. Hey, be like these two. Do good. Give forward. Be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.